This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. All right, welcome to episode number 87, where we have the esteemed guest and whole whaler, Olivia Marlo Giovetti. Welcome, Olivia. I need him to say esteemed. <laughs> and we have some fun announcements. One is that you're going to hear a lot more from Olivia and her adventures and interviews uh, in the upcoming uh, podcasts. And it's incredible to have such a talent. And I think I'm about to become a guest on my own podcast. So, Olivia, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, George. Oh, boy. Here we go. All righty. Today, we are going to do a rapid-fire interview, uh, cross-fire interview, of Olivia's experience at South by Southwest Interactive that happened in Austin uh, during the month of March 2018, and my experience at the Strata Data Conference, a little bit smaller, maybe less known from the O'Reilly Media family. Strata Data is a leading gathering of data scientists and engineers and general geekery uh, that happened in San Jose also in March. All right, Olivia, I'm going to start with some questions for you. The What were the who, what, when, where, how, why of South by from where you stood? Yeah, the who was everybody. Let's just let's just be real here. The who was everybody. Uh, some of the really great people that I met while I was there. I actually met Tim O'Reilly of O'Reilly Media, who was speaking at South by. I met people from the interactive side, from Pinterest, from uh, YouTube. I also met people from the nonprofit side of things. Uh, people from fair trade from uh, some really awesome smaller uh, slash younger slash startup nonprofits and uh, even some former whole whale clients like the ad council. That's awesome. So in my mind, South by was always this like complete sort of circus where literally we're talking about thousands of people. There are thought leaders running around. There are parties. There are tacos. Uh, What are some of the uh, we'll go with top five takeaways from the uh, the content side as you were going around, like what are, what are they thinking? The top five content takeaways or the top five taco takeaways? Oh boy, it's, uh, uh-huh. let's start. Let's start with uh, let's end with food, food, wine, and culture. Okay. Start with okay. with knowledge. Well, one of the things that carries over from a theme that you and I heard at our Common Future last autumn in Detroit is the 2020 census and how big of a deal it's going to be. And not only from the standpoint of ensuring representation for demographics, for populations, but also as a digital sanctuary, there's a lot this year about digital privacy and uh, obviously blockchain and cryptocurrency were at the top of that list. But even in the more granular nitty gritty aspects of it, we were, I heard a presentation on digital sanctuary and race and how the census is going to potentially be either an incredible tool for ensuring wider representation, but it could also be potentially dangerous for people who are 
uh, say, in neighborhoods that are more often targeted for police brutality or for uh, neighborhoods that maybe have a large number of undocumented people living there. So it's interesting to see how this web, this the worldwide web and this top layer of, say, a four layer Internet, which was started initially not for public use and therefore not with these data and security measures in mind, has grown and become this incredible thing. And now we're realizing, oh, wait, we never really put locks on the doors. And how do we maintain our privacy while also making sure that we're providing enough data that we can get representation from our from our elected officials? So the census, super important. They only do it every 10 years, as we just reminded ourselves by looking up. And it's important because it then determines how states are getting funding from the government, how they're dealing with situations like everything from uh, justifying what they need from Medicare and Medicaid and food stamps and the the, the general even ways we, we draw uh, public services to, to be put out there. And you know what, not to not to mention his name because he'll he'll show up in an orange puff of something. Uh, but frankly, they're cutting the budget for the, the Census Bureau, and we're coming up at 2020 when it's going to happen, and it's going to have a tremendous ripple effect. It's great that they were talking about it. I don't know if they were, uh, I guess, at the rant level where I would be, but glad they're talking about it. They tried to keep it a little more constructive. One <laughs> interesting thing I learned from the presenter on this particular topic, Maya Wiley of the New School, is that they are looking at doing the census via via mobile phone in 2020. Oh, that would be great. Um, to take a, a little bit of a U-turn, also uh, other tech that always seems to be popping up, uh, VR, right? Like everyone's like, oh, we're you know we're going to be in VR. Has that like kind of cooled off at this point since we're not all running around with Google Glass? You're not running around with Google Glass. I'm um, not. <laughs> God, no. that's why everyone was looking at me weird in Austin. No, don't run with uh, scissors or glass. Yeah, no. Uh, I would say that we are experiencing a new wave of VR where now that a lot of the novelty has worn off, a lot of the panels that I saw advertised on VR or AR and the panel that I went to on intimacy and empathy in VR is the focus on empathy and how can we leverage this as a very creative tool in order to inspire people and not just play on the on the novelty of the tech since that has somewhat worn off. Actually, even in the expo area, the German pavilion had presented a VR experience. They are closing down one of the last coal mines in the country. And so they set up this VR experience to be in the shoes of a coal miner from 100 years ago. And they, you know, they weighted my wrists down so that when I was doing things like lifting a pick axe, I could actually feel somewhat the weight in that um, in that axe. And it was really striking and incredible to see that this was just how people lived 100 years ago. And this was a thing that people did, especially with how dangerous it was. And rather than being a very cool, nerdy tool, it was a machine that generated a lot of empathy uh, in me towards towards the people that they were portraying. So I think that could be a really cool tool 
for nonprofits to look at using as a means of, you know, it's it goes back to that old edict, show, don't tell, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the, the research I've also seen is the much higher scores when you have those immersive experiences, much higher scores on perceived empathy and ability to, to see that. But, you know, it's it, it's still, I think, a tech that's a bit too far. Unless you're doing a lot of on the ground experiences where you can like have the headsets, have people sit there and do them, um, it's not a tech yet that that scales the way that you know social or blockchain or other components that can go real peer to peer be used uh, directly. Um, yeah, it's still it's still very um, it's not fully democratized yet. That said, it is definitely worth keeping an eye on and not writing off as a Google Glass. Noted. And I agree. All right. I feel like we have to mention, uh, again, the, the blockchain and crypto uh, stuff, which is just uh, beyond beyond bubble, at least when we're talking about cryptocurrency. So I kind of want to throw that out a little bit, mainly on the blockchain side. Did you hear anything that our audience might want to, to take back home or at least chew on with regard to blockchain? Yeah, I'm very glad that I watched the John Oliver rant on blockchain after South by. Um, I am catching up. The great thing about South by is that a lot of, if not most of their talks are available on their SoundCloud account. So you can actually go there and listen to them, whether or not you attended the conference. And I'm in the process of writing up some uh, more takeaways and sharing some links to some of my favorite talks for the Whole Whale website. So that will either be up by the time this podcast posts or shortly thereafter. And the blockchain panel I sat in on was on the idea of creating a new web. Is it time for us to basically turn it off and on again? And the, as I mentioned before, if we are looking at the internet as essentially four layers, the top one is what we talk about when we talk about the World Wide Web. So the idea of setting up a new internet isn't necessarily insane, for lack of a better word. Uh, and it would be interesting to see how we would take what we've learned from the last several decades of having the internet and putting that into action for how we build a new internet. I think one of the really cool things is that because we're moving much more towards open source, uh, that one of the I, there was a person from Drupal on this panel, which is one of the CMSs that we use from time to time at Whole Whale. And he had mentioned that when you're looking at open source means of protecting privacy, there are a few developers who supply a lot of the really valuable tools, but they also suffer burnout because their resources get depleted very quickly. And he mentioned the idea of essentially having this consortium of developers who are working with one another, helping each other uh, augment their capacity and augment their skill sets. And the model he was describing as he went on and on, I was thinking, dude, this is what nonprofits do every day. So in terms of building a better internet, I think we're looking at, if not a nonprofit model, then certainly a nonprofit mindset. That's awesome. And, you know, I think if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, my gosh, these conversations are so far above my head, it's good to take your head out of the sand, out of the day to day of, you know, chasing down the the metrics and meaning of your of your current work at, at social impact organizations and see where the landscape is shifting, moving, where there may be opportunities 
if for nothing else, to give you a fresh perspective. So, you know, Olivia, thank you for for bringing us there. I'll say to that point, too, just that I could not have defined blockchain for you before going to this conference. It was actually one of the last, if not the last panel I went to. And mostly I went there, to your point, George, to kind of stretch my mind a bit. And also, I just couldn't hear uh, one more discussion on content marketing. As much as I love it, I was a little full on that tank. All right. So wait a minute. I'll put you on the spot. What is a blockchain? I still don't know what blockchain is. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a complex topic. And it depends. It's kind of like when you're holding... Uh, you know, the, the blind men and the elephant, like, oh, this is a hose, this is a tree, or, or, or this is a rope, depending on what part of the elephant you're holding. And, and you know, that's the, the part that most people are holding right now is, is Bitcoin and all of these ICOs, initial coin offerings that allow for a digital currency uh, and taking care of the problem of trust, the underlying issue that, wait a minute, I just sent somebody named, you know, Joe, I don't know some money over the internet how do i know that this is worth anything and it's because of the blockchain it is really the uh, incredible steam engine that we still don't know how to use effectively it is a you know in my humble like simplified version here it's basically a giant shared record of accounting so it doesn't just live on one server it lives on many which provides many pieces such as those trust elements uh it has you know as best as we can tell with uh the ways that you encode things and use cryptography, uh, it's not really hackable because you'd have to hack thousands of machines in order to change the democratically chosen like 51% of ledgers that are living on different machines. So let's say, you know, the file, that word file you're working on didn't just live in one spot, but tens of thousands of spots on a whole bunch of different local machines. Like it is then like really a, a point of record and how that technology is going to get used is, uh, is far-reaching and beyond the the current comprehension of CryptoKitties that we're currently playing with. Olivia, how'd I do? Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, if you are interested more in that topic, we can chase down guests. But right now, uh, we're really going to be getting back to maybe more practical components like tacos <laughs> and culture. You know, it that the place is a circus. Why? What's your pitch? Why, what's your pitch for why people should go to South by in, in 2019? In 2019, uh, definitely the tacos. There is also a really great beer scene in Austin. Uh, they have the original Whole Foods. Uh, but beyond that, I think that one of the great things about South by is just that because there is so much going on and you have access to so many things, it really is kind of delightful to go into a panel on something where you're not even necessarily sure what it is just to hear these incredible experts talk about it. And I think that as we move more and more through this century, what we're seeing with the interactive South by track is a lot of leaning towards not only the interactive technology and surprise Q&A sessions with Elon Musk, but also a heavy emphasis on empathy and on meaningful storytelling. And this is something, especially for social impact, especially for nonprofits, These are the things that we start with. So we're starting to see tech, the arc of tech bend towards that mindset and towards that culture of caring and that empathy economy. And I think that as we go there, it's also just a great chance to kind of get a 30,000 foot view of what is going on in the state of, in the state of tech, in the state of entertainment. Because even though there are these different tracks within South by Southwest, they all merge and 
coincide at certain points. And it just reminds you that we're, we're all in this together and we're all figuring out this whole communication making the world a better place and eating a few tacos along the way thing. All right. Well, there you have it. And uh, thank you again, Olivia, for going out, reporting back. And I'm excited because we have so many upcoming podcasts. And and I think we're going to have to put a pin in your interviewing of me because we covered too much content for just one episode. So we will be having a follow-up episode in the future about my ramblings about the Strata Data Conference, which is a bit more esoteric probably. But Olivia, thank you for for getting out there. As a final takeaway, uh, a rundown of the coolest celebrities that you bumped into. I did see Elon Musk leaving the convention center with his entourage. That said, that same day, I also saw the most incredible Corgi Husky mix and I mean, I looked into his like husky blue eyes on that little corgi body. And I if you told me at that point you will travel to Mars, I would have believed him more than Elon Musk. There you have it. Uh, You also met a bunch of other people, but apparently the corgi husky (laughs) mix wins. Uh, There were lots of good dogs. There were lots of good dogs at South by. I'm afraid there's not a higher note to end on. So I'm going to call it here. Thank you for listening to episode 87 resources. And more ramblings can be found, uh, as always, in wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us.